0: Welcome to the Triple M's Dead Set Legends podcast for Sportsbet. Follow your multi the easy way with Sportsbet's AFL same-game multi-tracker. Condition supply.
1: Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.
0: For your Saturday morning, we've got the biggest sports show in town. Let's go, go, go! Triple M's Dead Set Legends. I'm Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Wachnan, Lima. What a legend. <laughs> It's Triple M's Dead Set Legends.
2: Yes, good morning, team. July 8th, the year is flying. How are wow. we doing?
0: It really is
3: flying by. It is. I just I couldn't be happier at the moment. That's I get excited life. during the day thinking about watching cricket, cricket at <laughs> night. I am so <laughs> like with It's you. genuinely... And made. how
2: good was the, just the three-day turnaround
4: at between
3: oh, tests? Oh, perfect. It's beautiful. And also just the fire out of Lords oh, made no. this test so delicious. Everything about it. Joey, it's, it's a just good point, Lima. Normally,
4: it's normally my favourite time when the kids go down to bed, but it's even more so now when they go yes. off to bed oh. 7, at 7:30 and I get a cup of tea and sit on the couch <laughs> and I get the blanket out because we like it when it's cold,
3: Kath,
5: yes. and rug up yeah, and, watch plenty who of, winter and watch weirdos of winter over summer. <laughs>
3: Loving <laughs> the <to laughs> sport. That's <Yeah>. your <laughs>
2: massive floor. That is your one and only flaw, Joey, is that you think winter's better than oh, summer. We
3: love our blankies yeah. on the
2: couch. But how crazy is it that uh, ashes of just, you cannot Look away. There's always something happening. Usually in Test cricket, you got those downtime periods where you can I don't know go make a cuppa or whatever, but you can't this
3: you can't. series. And what? Go back to the first Test, right? Remember Ollie Robinson gave Kawaja a send off. Yeah. And I, to me, that was the moment that spoke. I said, right, we're away. And I thought, oh, this is good. It's there's a little bit of spice. But since then, it has just escalated, escalated, escalated. And now you've got fans taking their shoes off and singing songs about Alex Carey, and it's amazing. They're going nuts. It's just it's so good. My question for you two, and cricket fans listening, has anyone made it through a full day, though? I'm a tea-time go-to-bed guy. Yeah, that's me,
2: too. Yeah. Yeah. I tea. tried so hard the other night with Mitch Marsh and his 100, but I, I passed out. You oh, couldn't. I
4: watched the 100. I, I stayed up for Mitch Marsh to make the 100.
2: As in that full day, though? The oh, full the day, day.
4: I
3: stayed just after tea until Alex Carey got out, and then I went to bed.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, question that. for you. We're going to yes. speak to Greg Blewett later, so we'll chat yeah. we'll get in depth about yes. it. But are you one of those fans right now where this is – Poise, you want Australia to win like five zip and just brain them? Or are you like... No, I don't mind if England win the third test just to keep it really spicy. Hang on, spicy. you go first. No, I'm, I'm one that would want England to win. I'm, I'm happy if they win. I should yeah. say I want them to win. You want England to win? <laughs> I'm okay we're, if England win because I like it, it that it's going to Sorry, this, yeah, Are you Australian? Or? See, listen was <laughs> the question. But if it's three-zip, then it becomes a bit boring, cat. We we'll we'll get the ashes
2: like, and it's all over. I'm, I'm actually, yeah, I'm being a hypocrite right now. You
0: agree? i said that, you with yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you
3: agree with me, right? See, I'm a five-niller, but... If England win this test, there's a genuine silver it lining to that. It
0: just
2: goes to another level, doesn't it? it? it
3: it's 2-1. It mm. does. It does. Look, five. if we win this test, the series has been put to bed and it, mm. you know, takes a bit of air out yeah, of it, it yeah. after that. But, yeah, I mean, if England win this test... The fourth test is going to be huge, even bigger. <laughs> but having said that, I'm a 5-0 guy. Come on. Give me something more. <laughs> even
2: bigger.
5: Even
3: bigger.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to park our cricket yes. chat and talk about Friday night. A footy next with Jay-Z because it was another win for the Collingwood backpies.
0: DeGoey <laughs> hits
3: it as only DeGoey can. And Collingwood have kicked four in a row. Zagos.
6: Have a look at that. Nick Zagos out. And here it is, the great Scott Pendlebury and the crowd all over it, 373rd game, he has now had more possessions than anyone in the history of VFL AFL football, take a bounce Scotty Pendlebury, Josh Douglas picks it up, immediately plays on, oh, and loved
1: it, got a goal Siren, Collingwood, a 14th win of the season on a record breaking night for Scott Pendlebury what a game
2: it was under lit-up marble last night. You are right there, Joey? Just <laughs> drop me your headphones.
0: headphones,
2: have you? <laughs> All right, good to go? Yeah. All right. Um, Collingwood, 12-point winners. They are just strengthening their spot on top of the ladder, but the Bulldogs put up a hell of a fight, particularly in the first half. Joey, how would you see it?
4: Well, it's, it's an interesting way, isn't it? We, you look at the score and you go two goals, and the Dogs were competitive, but really through the middle part of the game, Collingwood kicked 11 out of 12 goals. Like They really went from a 26-point deficit to a 30-point lead. So I think it showed the class gap between the two sides, which was interesting because you could say the Bulldogs forwards played well, their midfielders played well. Like they did a lot right, but Collingwood are just a better team and uh, and they got going when they had to and led by their brilliant midfield, they were too strong.
5: For me, the big takeout for this one, uh, Joey, was not whether Nick Dacos will win the Brownlow, but by how far he <laughs> is going to win it this year and to it is it's so extraordinary to think he's doing this in only his second season he looks like i mean are we we're watching something at the moment it's like could he be one of the best players the game has ever seen? Like, what is the next 10 years going to hold for this man? How many Brownlows could he win? Because he's streeting the field at the moment. Yeah,
4: well, I came to the realisation last night laying in bed. I was thinking about, we, we're, <laughs> we're putting him in there in the best players in the competition. We're saying he's had the best year. But I've now, limo. if yes. I lined up every AFL player and said you can pick your first pick, To have on your team. It has to be Nick Dacos, I think. Well,
3: it's it's got to be.
4: Right now, he's gone past Bontenpalli and whoever else you want to put in that conversation, Oliver Petrar, and say, no, I've got to take Nick Dacos first.
3: But also, he doesn't just get plenty of the ball. He kicks goals absolutely when they're needed. And he does it week in, week out. Yeah, Yeah. so just
2: repeating his stats for those of you who didn't watch the footy last night two goals,
5: 29 disposals, 11 clearances. Yeah, so clearly best on again. Yeah, full time centre (laughs) bounce midfielder at the moment.
3: Someone posed the question I saw on the social media during the week Is this the best second season a player has ever had? Now, I know someone, someone did bat up Tony Modra in 1993, kicked 129 goals. Not a bad second yeah, season that's
4: there.
5: That's right. Mature age, though. He was mature. He was age, a little bit older. Bit older. Yes. Yeah. Wanganine won the Brown, though, early um, as well. But mm. it is extraordinary. But is this, mm. what, is this what life is going to be like for him? In finals. You know when footy gets a bit tougher, it's a bit more physical contested. Is it gonna be setting the scene for the for clubs, for opposition clubs, to return the blowtorch to Nick Dacos, which doesn't really appear like it's been happening, Joey? Well,
4: they would be negligent in their duties as a coaching staff if they didn't have a plan for Nick Dacos come finals. It'd be, it'd be, mm. it'd be, it would be and it'd be professional suicide to let him run around and do his own thing in a final and just hope that you're going to beat Collingwood. They have to have a plan for him because he's the best player in the competition. It will be
5: the story of September, I think, yeah. how opposition clubs are going to try it's and It's going to be the a
4: repeat man. of the Dustin
2: Martin story from a few years ago. How do you stop Dusty? You know, there were so many teams saying, oh, we'll back our system in. Yeah. But he plays <laughs> <Yes>. that <laughs> mid-forward role. Yes. What did you call yep. it? Striker yeah, role, Joey. Yeah. That it's Yeah. So do you send, him, send someone to him at centre bounces and then send someone to... You gotta have a plan.
4: Gotta have some forward? sort of plan. Whatever you wanna do, but it's gotta be something. Scott
5: Penderbury now, the AFL games record holder. Amazing. Did it with ease last night from Poss- my... possession. possession. Disposal Dispos- record holder. S- sorry. You said games. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Dispo- sorry. My disposal record. He'd probably get the game's record too. I'm ahead ahead of time if he beats uh, Boomer Harvey. Um, Fair to say. For me, it's not the weight of possession for Pendlebury. You look at it, he's probably been the best ball user for a big part of that um, period as well. So not only has he got the most of it, he's also used it the best. That's how good a player he is, clearly, Joey. And he does it in congestion when he's been high pressured. So that is absolute testament to the champion. Absolutely.
4: credit to his longevity and his high level of brilliance. A bit like LeBron James, breaking the scoring record. You've got to be brilliant for so long and uh, Pendles is right
3: up there. How, yeah, so you're very close to Pendles, uh, Jay-Z. How many years has he got left in him?
5: Seven. Seven, eight, <laughs> I think. Um, the way he's going, absolute Rolls-Royce. I mean, the man considers Amanda in a dessert. That's how good a Nicky's in, so he could keep keep playing. What about the flip side of this coin for the Western uh, Bulldogs? At times, Jamar Hagen looked like he could rip this apart. Joey, which you've been talking about for the past couple of weeks, more so than Norton and waiting to, I mean, the Batman Robin act from those two look good. Real fireworks. Goal kicking though. He just could have ripped
4: the game apart. If he just had a kick straight, that was frustrating. Dogs have got a pretty good run home though. Don't discount the dogs for still for a top four spot. They've got a really nice run home their last seven games. So they show that they play some really good footy like the way they play, but just not as good as the Pies. I think they'll take a lot of
2: positives out of last night. By the way, just wrapping up that Pendlebury trap, how good was it to see uh, Gil McLaughlin and Andrew Dillon present the ball to him last night uh, in the rooms post-Scott Pendlebury's uh, history-making night? I thought that was a real classy touch. Certainly was. Very good. Jay-Z, time to shine for you. This is your new segment. <laughs> yes. Let's start with the mid-season trade
0: period.
5: What Great to be on? back with you, uh, Kath. Yes, there is genuine consideration <laughs> for a mid-season trade period. Uh, club's talking about greater flexibility, but there is a big caution. There is a big warning here, uh, which has been thrown around the offices at AFL HQ, HQ as we speak, and it, is a role, it does revolve around the ugliest word in football, Joey. And that starts with the capital T, it is tanking. Now, play it out this year. This is what's happening at AFL headquarters at the moment, right? Just say the mid-season trade period was this week or last week. Yes. Right? What would be the level of fear around North Melbourne and West Coast shipping off some of their older, more senior players, your Zeebles, your Goldsteins, your yeah, Andrew Gaffs, yep. and then making those bottom teams even less competitive than what they were for the run home how, how would you feel about that sort of proposition, about a team being beaten by 171 points actually getting worse for the second half of the year?
4: I'm still I, – I, it's a good point, but I'm still open to it, and I still like the idea. I mean, these teams, let's be honest, aren't figuring in finals anyway. So if yep. they lose by 90 points instead of 60, yep. I mean, does it really matter? But at least the teams that are trying to trying to find a way to beat Collingwood yep. can say, right – we're uh, the Western Bulldogs. We're missing one piece. We yep. need this player, or we're Adelaide or Essendon or St Kilda, and we're close. We need to find a way to make it competitive. Oh, I think I, I like the idea. I, I'm progressive. I think we need to continue to find ways to um, have player movement. It creates yep. some excitement, some some noise. It'll be interesting. Uh, I get the concerns, but yep. really. Does it matter anyway? West Coast and North Melbourne are going to finish on the bottom anyway. Yep. Does it matter if they try to get a head start? Because it might cost them in the short term. Yep. But in the long term, they might get more of a value for a pick for that type of player because yep. the other team yep. that is going to take that player really needs them. So instead of maybe getting a for a second-round pick if it was over in the off-season, they might get a first-round pick from that club yep. because a club is desperate to try and win the flag this year.
5: So, so it actually kick-starts the Kangaroos and West Coast for next year. And therein lies the battle because it is – probably better in the long term for those bottom clubs but is it good for the integrity of the game and that is paramount for the competition the integrity of the competition you don't want them um, being complete easy beats and ruining sort of the more second half of the season because we're already talking about West Coast being garbage yeah. etc and who gets to play them why why are
3: I still haven't got my head around why West Coast is so rubbish to be honest with you do we I people keep saying injuries but I'm not yeah. I'm not it, really buying that anymore. Their
4: senior players have half-checked out, and their kids aren't that they good.
3: Their list just isn't in. But what did someone like? I like a mid-season draft. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, I like keeping keep the pieces moving. Yep. Keep Give people a glimmer of hope. When you're, I like Joey's glass-half-full attitude, yep. let's strengthen up the top of the comp, and yep. let's make it exciting going into the second half of the year. Yep. But also, when you're at the bottom of the ladder, your job is to sell hope to your fans. Yep. So amidst, we know how excited we get about the draft and the trade period at the end of the year. Yep. You get a little bit of excitement in the middle of the year. Because so then- when you're... Where Hawthorne are, or where North Melbourne, or where West Coast are, as a fan, what's in the year for you? Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. But at least it gives you a little something to get excited about. Did you, say Hawthorne? Did you put Hawthorne in the same category? Well, yeah, <laughs> we're third bottom, yeah. <laughs> but So what the focus then becomes is what's the mechanism then to, to provide some protection? So maybe those clubs can only trade one player, for example, or something which doesn't prevent clubs yep. from completely throwing out the yep. kitchen sink.
2: Hey, another big topic this week has been Stuart Jew yep. and the Gold Coast Suns and his future as coach of the club. Everyone's been talking about Damien Hardwick and his availability. Has there been some sort of murmurs about Chris Scott, though?
5: Key people talking about Chris Scott being the most wanted man in the game next year. So that's when his contract expires. And Geelong face a bit of a a big decision, don't they? They try and recontract him in this preseason, and this summer coming, or does he need more time to think and weigh up his options? So Damien Hardwick is all the buzz at the moment. But when you think about what's happening at West Coast, the obvious decision at Gold Coast, even Carlton and the future of um, uh, Michael Voss uh, as well, people talking about Chris Scott being really the A1 coaching option in the season of 2024 with as many runs on the board as you could possibly imagine. And Brad Scott obviously has done a wonderful job at Adelaide. So wait, Chris what, what, is
2: contracted until the end of next year?
5: Yeah. Yes. So that that's the – so – is Geelong going to recontract him? Is he going to make that commitment before next season? Or is next season going to play out with him coming to the end of his contract? Is he the best coach in the game, Joey?
4: Yes. I think I think if you're a club looking for a coach, you start at the top. Yep. You make the phone call to Chris Scott's management and just see if there's any interest. I, I like it. So you've yeah. been there for 10 years.
2: There's mm. a, a, a serious... Two of, flags. Yeah. There's a feeling that this Damien Hardwick story is going to be like the Alistair Clarkson... In that all year, we talk about where's he going to end up, and then he'd probably end up somewhere where we didn't expect. Him, perhaps. I think <laughs> he likes
5: the sun. Will Stewie Juby coach in yes. Gold Coast next year? Oh, I think he's up against it. Yeah, nothing personal, but I think they've got to turn that ship around um, so in wait, the, you in think the it's run home. Quite, quite I think he's up against it. Yeah. But you think it's quite
2: possible that it's David Haldrick at the Gold Coast Suns. It is very despite, possible. Yeah.
5: yeah, yeah, of course it is. And then beyond that...
2: Could it be Chris Scott at the and the Gold it, Coast Suns next year? Well,
5: if if they, if they Chris Scott... I mean, if Stuart Jude does a really good job over the last two months and they back him in, if he wins six of the last eight games or whatever, then they probably have to. if he, he can get them to the fringe of finals. They weren't in my top eight. Were they year, that's and year weird in your top eight?
4: That's weird in itself that he's going to be determined on his last six weeks. Like, he's been there six years. It's <laughs> yeah. sort of like it shouldn't be mattering if he wins four or wins two in the last six weeks. He's either the man or he's not. Yeah.
3: yeah. You think weird. they've
4: a body but, of work by yeah, now. of course.
5: Does yep. it matter what the players think? Because haven't f- they come out in yeah. support of him yeah. this but week? Essendon players were furious that Ben Rutten got the lemon and sass. St Kilda players yeah. were sad that Brett Rutten yeah. got the yeah. like, There's always
2: connections. Yeah. Wait, yeah. so Joey, you're saying they should technically be able to make a decision right now. I don't
4: think it's going
5: to determined necessarily on wins and losses. Yeah. Yet. They've got a fair idea. Yeah. Yep. What about Richmond? They've got a big decision to make this week. They need a new Ruckman also because Toby Nancurvist is going to be missing for three matches. At least he faces a date with the Tribunal. They're either going to go with Samson Ryan or Ivan Soldo, who's only played... Uh, one game so far this season. He was um, just okay in the VFL, not the best players um, at the weekend. They have had a lot of faith in Samson Ryan. Perhaps they trial both options over the next uh, couple of weeks, They've got West Coast, they've got Hawthorne, they've got Melbourne. And also a big uh, watch on the Allies. You watch this space closely, uh, Joey, the under-18s. They beat Vic Metro smashed them. last weekend. Mm. Amazing effort. And they're going for four from four against Vic Country tomorrow. I think that's down in St Kilda. So well done to Mark McVay's coaching him, speaking of coaches, uh, and the whole crew in the program there. They've got some exciting talent, Jed Walter, Reed. Uh, Rodgers is another one. So Gold Coast going to stock up on a few of these stars. But a big game at under 18 level Yeah, tomorrow. pretty sure you
2: can catch on Fox footy as well.
0: Good stuff, Jay-Z. Right Jay-Z. Lemos
2: top five. Up next, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joey J, Kath and Limo.
0: Sport is full of legends. And so is this show. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lochnan, and Lemo. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey J. Cat Lemo. On Melbourne's 105.1, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends.
2: Hey Lemo, time for your top five. What have you got for us this week?
3: Well, it's uh, all based around the cricket and the controversy oh, good. at
0: Lords. On Triple M's Dead Set Legends, it's Lemo's top five. Reasons the Poms can get stuff. <laughs>
3: Here we go. The top five reasons the Poms can indeed get stuff. Coming in at number five, Johnny Besto was out. Like, he was yeah, just out. Was yeah. out. Like, yep. that was out. Mm. Like, it's yep. not controversial no, it's to dismiss real. someone while they're standing mm. out of that crease. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <into> <laughs> you know, it's fair. Pretty and, basic cricket. Mm. And also, Besto ba- was out for dogging the crease. It was like, it was just walking out whenever he wanted. Just going, this is my space, I own it. And Alex mm. Carey went, no, you don't. Mm. We do. <laughs> See you later. So that's number five. Uh, coming in at number four, reasons the Poms can get stuffed is Bearstow is the bloody hypocrite. He did the exact same thing yeah. himself. To Marnus, didn't he? In the first and, Well, he tried to get Marnus, missed the stumps by five feet. Yeah. Because he can't wicket keep, right? <laughs> but in a completely different <laughs> test match. He stumped the bloke standing up to the, and just waited till the batsman just slightly lifted his foot at the end of an over. And he had this to say after that game. Johnny, what a fantastic uh, stomping. Really opportunistic piece of work from you. Uh, it was just one of those. Um, I think that obviously I saw him lift his foot, and I took the bails. All keepers do it. Batsmen probably don't like it, do they? I don't know. It's it's uh, it's just one of those those things. It's um, within the rules of the game, and and that's how it is. It's, it's happened at the highest level, and I'm sure it's happened at the lowest as well.
2: <laughs> However, when the shoes on the other foot, <laughs> <point>, spirit <laughs> of the game.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly.
3: Uh, and Stuart Broad's a hypocrite as well. Ball tamperer, Stuart Broad.
2: Yeah. yeah. Can I just butt in here? Yes. This is what this series is doing to all of us. We're all going into the archives now oh, say, yes! yeah, but in 2004 you said this or you did that. That's I
3: love how it. how fired up everyone's getting. <laughs> uh, the number three reason the palms can get stuffed is just the number of people that have wheeled out. I mean, Jeff Boycott came out. Seriously, Google Jeff Boycott if you want to get a sense of how he should be keeping his mouth shut. The Prime Minister has come out and had a crack. This is the bloke that locked down England and wouldn't let people go to funerals while he was yucking it up with Boris Johnson Mm. at parties at Number 10 Downing Street. And Piers Morgan, one of the planet's great flogs, this bloke, this is what he had to say on his own TV show about the spirit of cricket.
1: There are the rules of the game, which Australia clearly followed. And then there's the spirit of the game, which, in my opinion, Australia ran over with a bulldozer. It's hard to define exactly what constitutes the spirit of the game. But most sports fans... We kind of know it when we see it being abused. It's why Diego Maradona, genius though he was, will always be thought of as a cheat by the football fans for his hand of God goal against us in the World Cup. Right, that
3: hand, which is clearly against the rules, touching the ball in soccer, is not comparable. No. It's completely different. He's, and if it's hard to define the spirit of cricket, it's actually defined in the rules of the game. And it says it's against the spirit of cricket if you disagree, argue with an umpire or swear at an opposition player. Mm. So it's very clearly defined. Yes. Nick off Piers. And he goes, and this is Piers Morgan as well, saying how they would have won the first test if these things had happened.
1: Well, we should have won in Edgebaston. Oh, I, I don't understand well, what's on, going wait, on. Let me explain yeah. just to defend so fifth We should have won yeah. in Edgebaston. And if Ben Stokes catches line when he's on two, it's all over. And secondly, in this last test yeah. match, if you hadn't basically divvied out poor old Bairstow, we'd have won that match too. So we p- probably would have been two 0 up.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I feel like this yeah. has turned into top five most hated Piers Morgan. Moments. <laughs> yeah. they're, just, they're just weird comments,
4: aren't they?
3: Indeed. Yeah. So here we go. The number two reason the palms can get stuff. Gallipoli. Seriously, I'm not forgetting that. They <laughs> land us on the wrong beach and put us through eight months of hell on that beach. So Gallipoli, number two. But coming in at number one, uh, the MCC members' reaction uh, to our players as they walked through the halls there at Lords, The MCC members get the privilege of being near the players, yet they booed them as they walk through.
4: It Sounded like the old animal cage at Marabit. Oh, the seriously! St Kula fans used to do.
3: I haven't seen that many old English white men booing since Harry and Megan's wedding. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> but to the MCC members, this is the Marleybone Cricket Club. They wrote. They wrote the rules of cricket. Yeah. They're your rules, mate. You can't be booing us for following the rules that you wrote. That's yeah. like a chef going into his own restaurant and complaining about the menu. <laughs> <laughs> you did it, mate. You wrote it.
0: So uh, shut up.
3: I, I, I did enjoy quickly, though, that press release that came out this week with the fake names oh, yeah. of the MCC oh, members. Because yeah, yeah. we all believed it <laughs> yeah, straight away, yeah. didn't we? Bartholomew Finton Smythe, Quentin Breckenridge and Humphrey Wigbert Porter. <laughs> and we all went, yeah, that yeah. sounds about
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> I fell for it. I, I was going to say, were they break. fake? They were fake, oh. yes. Oh. I know, I fell for it originally too, Joey, don't worry. The Dead Set Legends. Triple M.
3: What about the cricket? Have you been staying up? Uh, I, I've i not been this excited about a test series.
2: Well, it has been an action-packed couple of days at Headingley. So Australia lead by 142 runs at Stumps on day two. They are four down Head and Marsh at the Crease, Mitch Marsh's Century, one of the highlights of the series so far. Triple M's own Greg Blewett joins us now. Greg, thanks for jumping on board Dead Set Legends. Oh,
6: good morning, everyone. Uh, is everyone getting plenty of sleep? Or no. Has everyone got a oh. bit of... Uh, geez, <laughs> a my of neck is gone. Neck is gone.
3: So. <laughs> bluey it is, it is so good. I am just eating it up with a spoon every single moment. You've played Ashes series. You've played in England. I was actually at Edgbaston in 97 watching you and all your teammates get abused by all of those fans. (laughs) What is it like, Bluey? Give us a sense of being out in the middle with those
6: English fans just hating you. Oh, you can sort of hear everything going on in the background. But um, it's just, it's one of the great things that you can do, really. Like, I I remember going, um, I was about 17, 18, went over to England to play some league cricket and I went to um, Manchester and watched the Aussies play there. And I was just sitting in the crowd and I just went, this is, this is what I want to do. Some, somehow I've got to get on an Ashes tour. And so I, I got there in 97, as you said, and, and it's the highlight of my career. It really was to play cricket in England um, with those crowds. It's, you know, generally, I know it sort of kicked off last test match at Lords. There was a bit of ill feeling there. Uh, Especially with the 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 old boys in the the MCC members, but generally it's good, fun, natured banter, and with the single, it's a great atmosphere. It really is, and it's been, I think it's been great that these first two days at Headingley, it's been played in the right way, and the crowds have been good as well.
4: So we lead by 142, Bluey. We're probably going to need. I'll get your thoughts on how many we need, but can Mitch Marsh do it again? And where do you rate his first innings hundred?
6: Oh, it was brilliant to watch, wasn't it? that, that's what he can do. I mean, hes I know he's come out in the press and said, oh, you know, everyone hates me in Australia, but we don't. We just yeah. I think we've been frustrated by not only him, but also his brother, Sean, who's a bloody good player as well. But they've always had little injuries. They've never had a real run at playing international cricket, and we know the talent's there. So that 118, that's right up there for me. Um, but I've been surprised. I, I thought it was going to be a really high-scoring test match. Looking at the pitch... The outfield is lightning. All you've got to do is get it past one of the fielders and it's four. So, you know, scores of 263 and 237 have surprised me. So, look, I think if we can get 300, um, I'd be happy. But 350, the Poms will think they can chase that down on that pitch and that outfield. Mm. So, look, I don't know. 142 runs in front. If we... If we only get a couple hundred runs in front, 200, 250, I think we're in trouble. But if we can get up around about three hundred, I think we can snatch it.
2: And we're being reminded of why the Aussies were fearing Mark Wood, aren't we? I mean, his oh my pace, gosh. Pfeiffer in the first innings, he's um, he's electric, he's dangerous.
6: <laughs> it's just it's a pity he's not fit all the time, isn't it? Because even. Us being Aussies, we want to see bowlers like him play all the time. That ball, you know, smashing through to the keeper. He, couldn't, he can swing it as well, as Usman Khawaja found out in the first innings, a full one that took out his leg stump. So a uh, bit of a shame he wasn't fit for the first Test match. I don't know whether he was fit for the second one, but whenever he's up and about, he has to play for England because he's that X factor. Is As, you know, we've had good fast bowlers in the past. Mitchell Stark's probably dropped a little bit of pace now, but... We've always had strike bowlers, and um, England need one as well. Hey, Bluey, do you know
3: Stuart Broad and Johnny Bairstow? Because I just want to know if they're knobs in real life or if it's just out on the ground.
6: <laughs> no, they're good lads. They Oh, are. no! They really are. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they are beauties. Um, but they, you're right, they sort of... Um, I mean, Johnny Bairstow, he's he's all right, isn't he? I mean, he, nah. he looks like he gave Smudge a little bit of a send-off last night, but I don't think there wasn't too much in it, but... Um, no, they've, they've got us going, no doubt about that. Roddy's always been one that sort of knows how to get under an Aussie skin. Well, since he nicked that one the first slip at <laughs> Nottinghamshire a few ashes ago, he's he's been someone who can stir it up. But no, they're good lads, to be honest.
2: So gut feeling, which way is it going to go?
6: Oh, gut feeling says um, I reckon the the Poms might snatch this one um, mm. and make it really, yeah, so if, if it goes 2-1, then... The last two test matches are going to be unbelievable, but um, I don't know. What do you think, Kath? What do you, what, what's your gut feeling?
2: I'm actually going England as well. Just yeah. by the way, Stokes has been hitting them, and I think you're right in terms of they'll back themselves to chase down three fifty.
6: Yeah, I just think on that the pitch seems like a feather bed to me. Unless I'm watching something different to you guys <laughs> in the outfield, I think honestly think if they, if we get 300 350 they they will definitely go for it and think they're a big chance so yep. um, it's going to be it's going to be a tight one either way i reckon
3: how do you get ben stokes out
6: bluey i, don't know. I mean not
3: i'm short. i'm watching this and i you're just yelling at the television going bowl a bloody yorker <laughs> or
6: bowl
3: one of these or bowl one of those <laughs> it's well, clearly not that easy while you're out there of,
6: we dropped him a couple of times on 45 yes. but that was when he was really decided to you know flick the switch and go for it. i mean he He nicks them like all of us, so I I don't know. Just Can Pat Cummins just bowl 50 over straight to him and we'll we'll be right. (laughs) I shouldn't
2: have watched the Ben Stokes documentary on Prime before this series because he is very likeable after you watch that, Ben (laughs) Stokes, and all of a sudden you find yourself cheering for him at times and it would be amazing if he could pull off something like he did at Headingley four years ago, so we'll wait and see.
3: Does that documentary include the bit where he... Knock those two blokes out. Yes,
2: it does, and it explains it. it explains a bit of context, Lima. I'm sticking up for Stokesy here. Hey, Bluey, appreciate you joining us. I hope you get some sleep after this test.
6: Be easy, guys. Have a good show. Thanks.
3: Thanks, mate. Thanks, Bluey. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence.
2: Good mate, Greg Russ from the Rusty's Garage podcast. You can get it for free on the listener app. Good morning to you, Rusty. Hey, you spoke to Shane Van Gisbergen on the pod this week after that history-making win in NASCAR. For those that don't follow motorsport, just how big of an achievement was it?
1: Kath, good morning to you. This is like someone going to the NBA or to, you know, baseball or whatever and winning on debut. It is nigh on... You know, certainly in NASCAR terms, the last person to do it was 60 years ago, right? Now, admittedly, it was a street course, which they don't often do, damp conditions. They play to Shane's, um, you know, skill set, if you like, not the usual ovals that we, we we see with NASCAR, but left-hand drive, different gear shift, some of the toughest competitors in the world, and they are singing his praises. So naturally, everyone's asking will he quit supercars and will he go to nascar he says he's committed to his current contract through to the end of 2024
3: it's appealing like i'd love to go and love to go and try it now and um i never thought i'd say that a couple of months ago but we all know how this year's
4: kind of going with everything Mm. and you know maybe it is time to go and try something but um
3: in in my head i'm committed here for one more year but uh let's see obviously i've My phone's running hot at the moment. I don't have (laughs) any offers. But, um, yeah, let's see. Oh, Rusty says he's committed, but he must lay in bed every night dreaming about what could be in the States.
1: Limo, what he did, um, well, I mean, the last 20 laps, if you guys find it on YouTube or whatever, I mean, he passed something like 18 cars in the final 20 laps. They couldn't come back at him. Um, What he did was was sublime to, to watch. He's got the attention of world motorsport. Even people like Mario Andretti, the legend, singing his praises and so on. Good time to be a real estate agent in uh, in Mooresville, North Carolina, I would have thought. And Jamie Jamie Wincup, his team boss, Lemo says he won't stand in his way either. Shane's committed for now. And they've got to sit down and have a chat. With those guys.
4: And Rusty, if there's not enough sport going on at the moment, uh, we've got the British Grand Prix on Sunday night our time. That is one of the big events on the F1 calendar. We know Brad Pitt's there, and we also know because you've told us before he's suiting up and will get behind the wheel.
1: You love your Formula One, don't you? I know. Yeah, so they basically created an extra garage, a fictitious 11th team. It's all over social media. He's had a seat fitting. There's a car. There's a crew. There's all the equipment and so on. Uh, Jerry Bruckheimer and and the guys that did such a good job with Top Gun Maverick want to give this thing authenticity, Um, and it's got the support of the F1 drivers. They reckon what they're seeing at the moment – um, means that there'll be a, a good end result for the sport. So that'll be that'll be worth watching Sunday night. And supercars in Townsville this weekend, obviously.
2: Jeez, everyone's jumping on F1 these days, aren't they? appreciate it, <laughs> Rusty.
5: <laughs> See you, Kat. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put
3: your foot down with confidence.
2: Massive second hour coming up. We've got so much sport to talk about. How's the schedule at the moment? you got Wimbledon, you got the Tour de France, you got... AFL, NRL, as per usual. You got the ashes. There is a lot going on, Lemo.
3: I am absolutely loving every bit of it too. <laughs> yeah. I need a third TV screen at the moment, actually. <laughs> no. Because you've got Wimbledon cricket too, and, and the Aussie Ford screens.
2: And I need some way to bank sleep without actually sleeping <laughs> myself yes. if we can figure something out there too. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joe J, Kath, and Lemo.
0: Sport is full of legends. And so is this show. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lochnan, and Lemo. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey, Jay, Kat, Limo. On Melbourne's 105.1, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Can we talk about Mitch
3: Marsh? Oh, please. Let's I mean, it. he was the hero of day one of this test match. Yep. Everyone just loved that 100. And it was just, you know, when we were four for 90, I was watching this with a few mates and we were going, "Ooh, you wouldn't want to be Mitch Marsh right now. Coming in on this pitch. It's your first test back. And then he just clubbed them everywhere for 100. But I'd forgotten, in a a sense, how Australia felt about Mitch Marsh. And it broke my heart when people posted this press conference from 2019. Yeah, most of Australia hate me.
6: (laughs) Um, Look, Australians are passionate. They love their cricket. Um, They want people to do well. It's no doubt that I've had a lot of opportunity at test level and I haven't quite nailed it, but hopefully they can respect me for the fact that I keep coming back and I love playing for Australia. I love wearing the big green cap and I'll keep trying. Hopefully I'll win him over one day.
3: Well, he's certainly won the country over now. There's Absolutely. no doubt about that. I've got to say, I wasn't part of that uh, party back in
2: 2019 because he's a West Aussie. Yes, So yes. we all love our fellow West Aussies. But it is great to see because he's such a – I think that test documentary changed a lot of people's opinions because they saw what a good bloke he was behind the scenes and how he would DJ and how he'd get the boys it, all up and about.
3: And he's clearly very popular in amongst the playing groups. That's and I mean, he was yeah. And his press conference two days ago, he was very funny as well.
6: I think I'm the first man to score a Test 100 on a UK holiday. <laughs>
3: he wasn't expecting a game. Yes. Then he was talking about his brother Sean being in Bali uh,
6: watching it. Sean's fortieth in a couple of days' time, so all the family's in, uh, in Bali, so let's hope he gets the 40.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good gear.
3: And here's the family celebrating in Bali when he hits his ton. Yeah! There were absolute scenes in that bar, but I do love that the country is finally on board with Mitch Marsh because that was heartbreaking, wasn't it, yeah, well, hearing was him saying. say that the country hates him? Mm. But you know, we do change our minds on certain athletes, don't we? Who have you bat flipped on? There, well, the big one for me is uh, this. Might sound weird, but Anthony Mundine. You know, people don't, people don't like Chuck, right? People are totally off him. But when you meet him, he is an absolute sweetheart, mm, Anthony right. Mundine. He is one of the nicest blokes you'll ever come across. Yeah. So I was in the same camp as everyone else because I'm a big Danny Green fan as well. But then you meet him and it's like, oh, he's, he is a really lovely bloke.
2: So, you know, it's similar for me with Mason Cox. I oh, thought yeah. he was a bit too showy yeah. and I thought, I don't know if he's my kind of person, but then met him. He is lovely. He's such a lovely guy and, has yes. done, and his story is incredible coming from America and, and achieving what he has in Aussie rules. So, I've, yeah, I I've probably changed my tune with him. But it's just one of those classic stories of you think you don't like someone and you meet them and they're you so got- nice and you go, gee. Yeah. How could I be so rude
4: and cruel? Joey, have you got one? Yeah, I do. It might be a little bit controversial, but I'm interested to get mm. your thoughts. I was one, like I think most Australians early days, that thought Nick Kyrgios was just a dick. But I've come around to Nick Kyrgios because I think he's misunderstood. The more yes. we've learned about him and some of his mental health battles and trying to grow up in front of a nation. I, I'm a, I came around to him. Jay and I have had this chat before. I like Nick Kyrgios now and even seeing him not at Wimbledon and yeah. we're not interested because he's a draw card I am a fan of Nick Kyrgios now. Yep. I know that he still does. But he's one that I've certainly changed my tune on. And I think, do you
6: agree? I, with you I agree days? with
3: you. I, uh, You know what? He's a bloke who's run his own race. Mm. And with a, you know, he's a square peg in a round hole. And he hasn't changed who he is yeah. to fit with the tennis norms. I, I, I'm yeah. a, i a fan. I think mm. a lot of people would be
2: with you on that one. Mm. Call us, one 3 Who have you backflipped on? We've got Michael from Sunbury. Michael, who have you backflipped on?
1: G'day, you guys. that's uh, actually Odie from Sunbury. Joey, you would know me pretty well. Odie, Hiya how mate. are you, mate? Good legend. <laughs> What's uh, going on? Yeah, my, my one's Gabriel Medina, three-time world uh, surfing champion. Oh, yeah. I think he's arrogant as hell, but I think it was really just the, the language barrier. And now I just love his fierce competitiveness, and I think he's actually a good bloke.
3: Yeah,
0: good yeah, one. There good, are a lot, of, a
3: lot of sportsmen like that. Is but, there – you know Nikola Jokic? Yeah, right has a way about him that doesn't really fit the NBA. So I imagine there's a lot of people, basketball people, who look at him and go, nah. He's almost gone mistake? too far the other way. They mistake his natural presence for arrogance, yeah. maybe. yep. Uh, yeah. But I've, I've really warmed to him. I, I like it. He's, yeah, a he's very gone the other way. Up. He's
4: like the Dane Swanmore where he like wins and he's sort of, oh, I don't really care. Yeah, he's yeah. that good and you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Michael's like,
2: right, though. Sometimes yeah. language barriers can you off in terms <laughs> yeah, totally. of you
4: misinterpret, when, Especially some of those tennis other. interviews where they say, I played amazing today. You know, like we don't yeah. speak <laughs> like that, do they? They <laughs> sort of
3: talk me like, well, that's a bit. <laughs> yeah, but- <laughs>
2: Corey from Rosebud. Who have you got, Corey?
3: Yeah, Paige Baranek. Oh, the. um Who's that?
1: The golfer. Golf. The, the golfer. Instagram she does, um, yeah, The influencer. She's with PointsBet.
3: Yeah, Instagram yeah. golfer, oh, yeah. Oh, is she a pro, professional golfer?
1: No, uh, I'm not sure. I think she might have been at one Might state. have been, been or got
3: close,
2: yeah. How have you back flipped? Did you yeah. not?
1: Well, I, I thought she'd just be your typical, you know, influence, influencer, a bit of a bimbo, but she was lovely. She came to work and we did a video with her and she was, couldn't be m- more polite. Yeah, person.
2: I'm with you, Corey, nice. because she did a little golf challenge with a couple of the Fox footy guys and I watched that and she seemed lovely and intelligent and like a, Great chick.
3: Right. And is that not the image she portrays on the social media?
2: I think she just does have that influencer vibe about her. Oh, yeah, so right. you're just wondering. Know. Yeah. But um, no, I'm with Corey on that one. What about Daniel? Daniel, you got oh, us. Who, who, who or what have you backflipped on?
6: Uh, maybe because I'm getting a little bit older now. I'm 50
0: this year. But... Um that's the so country old, and Western. I used, to, I used to hate country Western. I think mean.
6: when you look <laughs> down the water and much timber and that, you sort of they got so much meaning to their words. It's probably the wrong stage to ring about country music. Right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't listen to it every day. Like my, I, I play uh, Jeffrey Tal, Wandi,
4: uh, You know all the old greats, all the British mid eighties. But I think mean, as you get a little bit older, you sort of appreciate more. With music in the piece, people themselves. Hey D- Daniel,
3: with I'm with you on the country and western music, mate. I used to laugh at it and now I absolutely love it. Old Crow Medicine Show is the band I'm rocking really? at the moment. Oh, it's you very know. very good gear from them. Have we got something there, Lee? It. I just don't think it understand. Yeah. Yeah. We're just boot scooting yeah. around the studio here, Daniel.
4: You know another pl- another one, we'll go back to the basketball. It's about Nicola yeah. no, I think we want to backflip on. I think we all we want to love Ben Simmons. Yeah. We want yes. we want we him do. to play for the for the boomers and we sort of want to really like him. I was We're listening
3: desperate. to the Bill Simmons podcast this week and Bill Simmons was going through Ben Simmons CV and he's like, This is a really good basketballer. Mm. He's not a he's not a joke that we should just no. Get rid of. He's a very good basketballer who someone should be making a play for. Yep. Uh, so, I, yeah, I'd love him to get into shape and play good basketball and just stop whinging mm. and just get on with it.
2: Team touching on Friday night footy under the lid at Marvel. Great game last night. It was Collingwood by 12 points over the Western Bulldogs. The Dogs did so much right in the first half, but Collingwood with a sixth goal to one third term really. Broke away from the dogs and just proved why they are sitting on top of the ladder. Joey, we do have to talk about Nick Dacos, though. I mean, he continues to amaze us in just his second year uh, of AFL footy. But last night, 29 disposals, two goals, 11 clearances. He banking on him for the Brownlow now? Oh, he's
4: got the Brownlow in the bag, I think. I think it's going to be, as Jay touched on earlier, by how far. I can't see anyone getting near him. He just gets better, which is scary. I mean, as you touched on, the Bulldogs actually did a lot right. They won all the key stats, inside 50s and clearances and contest and, and time in half, but Collingwood's efficiency and their ability just to score uh, was the big factor in this game. And Nick Dacos, uh, as I said earlier, I think now if every AFL player was lined up against the wall, he's the player I'm picking first. Uh, I think that he is the guy that is separating games. He kicks goals at important moments you touched on earlier, mm-hmm. Limo. He is doing everything. It's a joy to watch. It is a joy to watch.
3: How good for Collingwood fans. Oh, who were, I mean, his dad, who was just so integral to that club and so entertaining for so many years, and now along comes his
4: lad. Who's also, Josh is a beauty too. Hasn't
3: Josh stepped up a
4: little yeah, bit though since bit, the yeah. brothers come along? Yeah,
2: that sibling rivalry. And yes. hey, Peter Jacos is going to join the boys on the Saturday rub too. How so, good's that? Interesting to get his thoughts. But yeah, he must love going to the footy every, every week
4: and watching his boys. That's it. Hey, can you tell me about Threads? What is is it? (laughs) On Instagram. Yeah.
2: So it's like. Because we know nothing
4: about it. It's
2: Twitter, but it's Instagram's version of it. And why it's going to be so destructive to Twitter, I think, is because everyone's on Instagram. And so it's just easier to sign up. Oh, And it's it's, kind of joining two in one, if you get what I mean. So So you kind of just
3: press a button and there you are. Yeah.
2: So then. And all your followers just. Follow you onto Threads. Oh, Oh, right. right. Well, not all you follow, but you listen to us. You know, it's just all (laughs) leaks. It's just all lazy. Yeah, so I think it could be quite distracting. So this is
3: Zuckerberg's stuff. You to Elon Musk. Yeah because uh, they're not liking each other much mm-hmm. at the moment. Those
4: Will two. you
2: jump on board? Will you sign up? Well,
4: I don't, under- well so if I'm, I don't understand enough about it. So instead of posting a photo, I can post a message and it'll yes. go to just all my followers. Yes, so
2: you could post something like, great win by Collingwood last night, yep. really impressed by Nick Dacos, think he's got the brown line in the bag, and yep. that's on
4: your threads. Does so- it go to everyone though or just my – Or people
2: who follow you. Follow me. But yeah. I think – I haven't got my head around it because I'm not on it, but I think the differences are – I mean there's slight differences, like I think you've got more characters to play with on threads than Twitter. But it's also things like when you go on threads, you're just seeing who you follow. And that's oh, yeah, you know it, Whereas oh, yeah. Twitter, it's a lot oh, more like so you much can crap. Yeah. Oh, and also oh, just, and also, also viral things don't pop up on your threads like they do on Twitter. Right. I'm and I'm then sick also of that stuff. Uh, and i getting... there's no hashtags and stuff. So you couldn't be like, Oh, I wanna see what people were talking about AFL. Pies Bulldogs hashtag. I'll click on that. I think it's more just whoever you follow on Threads. You're you see, to them. You see their content. Oh,
3: see, I like the hashtag. So thing. you can follow. I like being able to search a hashtag. But the stuff that's popping up in my feed on Twitter, <laughs> it's, it's rubbish. rubbish. And some of it's. Some of it's a bit ripe as well. I gotta, yeah. I gotta, I gotta say, yeah, it's it's no good. I'm not enjoying Twitter. I'm gonna at the
2: say, moment. I think I, I'll delete, I'll delete Twitter and then just have everything on one.
3: Does so Utopia... you're, so you're on Threads. You're operating on Threads.
2: No, I'm not operating on it, but I've sussed it out. But yeah, I'm, right. I'm
4: not. Does I'm, your I'm show not Utopia not. have a hashtag? Do you sort of after the, each show click on it yes. and see what do you? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> like, a, like a
3: like a desperate person I, in need <laughs> of love. Yeah. Yeah, I
2: do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you'd want to see you how go, people react. Twitter for love. It's not well, really a loving place. It's Utopia is quite a negative place, <laughs> yeah. isn't it, Twitter?
3: Maybe. There are not many times content. I search myself on Twitter because no, right? no. I know what Twitter offers up. But Utopia gets a lot of love. Yeah, so cool. I'm happy to search the Utopia yeah, right. uh, hashtag after the Wednesday it night. It is flying, Lima. It's yes. flying. I've spoken Thank to you. a lot of people about it. They're all saying it's very
4: enjoyable. I haven't watched it yet because normally I'm on. Yes, yeah, so uh, I need to catch up. Hey, with it we too. were
3: all up against each other. On Wednesday night. Yeah. You two were on AFL 360 at yes. the same time Utopia oh. was on the ABC. I wonder who won the race. <laughs> I
4: will check immediately. I don't think we want to know that answer.
2: Yeah, uh, I can say, Lisa, I think uh, you would have won that. Hey, um, we've got a lot of sport to touch on. I want a few Wimbledon results maybe, yes. Tour de France, expertise from you, oh, Lemo. Oh, all over it. Um, so much sport to get through. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey J, Catherine Lemo.
0: Sport is full of legends. And so is this show. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lochnan, and Lemo. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey Jay, Kath Lemo. On Melbourne's 105.1, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends.
2: How much sport is there on at the moment? I mean, it's tough to get in your eight hours' sleep because we've got the ashes, which we've touched on a lot throughout the show. Um, Wimbledon, Tour de France, yeah, to the... All the Aussie sport obviously keeps chugging along with the AFL, NRL. Uh,
3: Wimbledon's not quite the draw for me this year that it yeah. has been in past Agree. years. I think just the dominance of Djokovic, I can't cop. Also, it's boring and I don't just I can't like the bloke. He's... Also, love or hate Nick here, you always oh, watch yeah. when he's playing,
2: don't you? Exactly. <laughs> so, no curiosity. Are
3: you a Tour de France man at all? A, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't I mean, we've got 12 riders in the Tour de France, and we had, uh, I think it was Jai Hindley. Yeah, I watched the other in, night, yeah. In the For that like, reason,
4: because you get the, a bit of an yeah. interest now. I like, see how he goes, yeah. and he couldn't keep up with the big boys up the mountain, but he's still around the mark.
3: And... And there's something about it, just watching it, I find quite meditative. It's like, you know, slow TV. Yeah. You know that TV show where the, the Gan would go <laughs> up through. <laughs> and it, well, I find yeah. it a bit like that. True, you, it is quite meditative. And you just, I there's something about watching these athletes just chatting on their bikes. Yeah, almost it's like, like a, not even pulling a face, are they? Going up a hill for yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah. And it's just a, like a Sunday ride. <laughs> they're shooting the breeze, and then they're
2: off into the. Pellet but then him. every so often you catch yourself going, I've been on the couch this whole
4: time. <laughs> 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 I've been choking yeah. up this mountain. But you see yeah. you do you know, I've started watching the um, the um, Netflix documentary. Oh, yeah, the, I watched what, the first. What oh, Well I, I think it struck for me how courageous these cyclists are. Yeah. Like how tough they are. Cause they've you... all they all stack. They have all got had some horrible, nasty injury. So I'm watching them going down the, the Alps thinking, oh, same sort of things to touch about watching oh, the West Coast teams. Yes. You're watching, thinking, is someone going to go straight
3: off the edge of a cliff? Here?
4: And
2: they're going eighty like mm. eighty kilometres per hour yeah. down those hills. It's it's amazing.
3: And they go off, and they get straight back on that bike if they can. Yeah. Or they've got a replacement bike thrown in. But Joey in that TV series where they've got where they're going across the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. And they're talking about the crosswinds. Yeah. And they're basically saying there'll be a fall. Mm. We know there'll be a fall because yeah. of the crosswinds. We're and there was. Gotta, yeah. And there was, yeah. Very good. Um, um, yeah. But, very, but very watchable, that, um, the Tour de France. And nice to see 12 Aussies in there as well. Uh, did anyone see the goal celebration in the NRL? The tri-celebration, I should no, <laughs> no, I haven't seen it <laughs> yet. So that... instead of dry July, they're having Try july yep. in the NRL. So quirky goal celebrations are being rewarded with a $5,000 donation. Oh, really? To, uh, to the certain charity uh, so the Canberra Raiders last night, their try celebration was they recreated the Bairstow run-out <laughs> uh, with the ball. It was great. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, Brilliant. very funny. That very definitely good. deserves a $5,000 donation.
2: Um, hey, we've got a preview the Saturday and Sunday games up next because we've got a couple of beauties to look forward
4: to. Essendon Adelaide tomorrow at Marvel. I cannot pick that one. So yes, you have Joey. to tell the truth. When the footy's on and the cricket's on, are you flicking? Are you watching one, or how? What have you been doing? So Thursday night, I watched the
2: cricket the whole time, and then I was like, "Oh, the footy must be coming to an end." So I quickly switched over to Fox <laughs> Footy, and I was like, "Great, Richmond are up. That's my tip up." And then went back to the cricket. Right, you're all cricket. All right. Right. Well, a well
4: that first session in
3: particular, I've got two screens. Do you really tellys? So i got, but I'm so the question for me is which one has volume up? Yes, and that's the cricket that has volume up. Cricket yeah. volume up, and I check the scores on the footy and a volume up on the cricket. <laughs> You'd be footy up. Yeah. Surely. Pretty mainly
4: you yeah, have to. Well, I have to for work. Yeah. First crack, I've got to know what's going on. <laughs> then I, I flick to the cricket all the time.
2: Time to preview the Saturday and Sunday games. It all starts at the Gabba
4: Boys, Brisbane Lions v. West Coast. I think we've all tipped the Lions, correct? Mm, yes, yeah, so I'm covering that game for Fox footy this afternoon, Kath. So I'm just hoping it's not like you the game I did two weeks You really too. excited. Well, I did, only because I did this, the West Coast-Sydney game two weeks ago, and that was nerve-wracking because it was hard to know what to actually say. Oh, so hopefully it's not quite like that.
3: How do you... What do you say at the start of the game today? So you're at Fox footy, you're doing the pre-game, and you want to get the viewers excited about the game. Mm. You want them to hang in there. Hey, well, the Eagles put up a good fight
4: last week. They so started already. Yep. yep. <laughs> Going to use that. But I thought about this, Limo, because I did it before the Sydney game. Yes. I made a bit of a case for West Coast. I thought if they can just win around the clearances. Right, and, yeah. and I thought, you know, you've got to give something. And then it was like, oh, maybe it went a bit far. But so I think, yeah, it's hard to make a case for West Coast. We just want to see them be competitive. That's mm. all. Very true. I said my
2: sure thing this week, that Brisbane will kick 100 points plus. I think that's going to happen I'm <laughs> so. pretty sure that's the sure
4: thing. You went out and a hey, there. Would you, oh, ever
3: go, would, hey. would you ever go the other way on the broadcast and say, I reckon today we could see a 150-point victory? Will we get there? Because people, we know from watch watch ratings yeah. numbers that people also turn on for a bloodbath. Yeah, they do. They do. They do. They do.
2: They do. Hey, uh, the Twilight game, it's Giants Hawthorne at Giants Stadium. Adam Kingsley has this side. Um, beautifully, don't doesn't he, uh, Joey? So I imagine everyone's tipped the Giants. Yes,
4: I have. But the Hawks, we always know the Hawks is capable, but they, they need are. Sicily. It feels d- like they need Sicily to be. when I they- think
3: without Sicily, yeah. is there a, the impact he has on our side is massive. Yeah, yeah. And without James Sicily, we're a very. Is this is last team. game.
2: He's back next week. He's isn't back he?
3: next week. Yeah, yeah. good.
2: Uh, Tonight, two intriguing games. So your boys, the Saints, Joey, up against the D's at Marvel Stadium. How do you see this one playing out?
4: Uh, Probably an arm wrestle, I think. I think two teams that defend first, um, pretty good in the contest. It's going to be fascinating. The winner will be a game clear in fourth if St Kilda can manage to pull this off. And and they are the underdogs, and, and rightly so. But their next month, they've got Gold Coast, Hawthorne, North Melbourne, Carlton after this St Kilda. So it's a massive opportunity. I can't wait. I'm going to be there for Triple M. Tonight, so no, I, I think it's going to be a great contest, but I, I've got more faith in Melbourne. I, I mean, the accuracy stuff, I think they can fix up. Yeah, That'll there's more okay. pressure on Melbourne, isn't there? There is more pressure, though, you're right. Free hit for the Saints. And the other
2: one is Port of v. Gold Coast at Adelaide Oval tonight, and this has just become a lot more intriguing given the events of the week and all the tension around the Suns and Stuart Hughes. So... The players, as they said, they were filthy about all these reports about Stuart Sturridge's future. Mm. They asked Stuart Sturridge, "What can we do to help?" Well, what they can do to help is perform well <laughs> Have tonight, a crack.
3: win a game. Yeah. You couldn't script the worst matchup though in the circumstances. you're Port Adelaide, oh, no. who are on fire in Adelaide, yeah.
2: But it doesn't really matter about win and loss. It's just put in a put in a put up a fight, yeah. mm. put in a good performance and back Stuart, view that way. Um, Tomorrow, just touching on one, as you mentioned, uh, that's Geelong v North Melbourne, but Essendon v Adelaide at Marvel Stadium. That's the twilight game tomorrow. That is
4: going to be an absolute ripper. Yeah, Geelong will get the job done at home. And then Essendon, Adelaide, that is a beauty, 50-50 game. So much riding on that. Like, I think the winning team, you go, gee, give their due respects. They are a good side. I've tipped Adelaide, but I've got no real confidence because the loser will be outside the eight. The loser will drop out of the eight because the Cats will win and go in, and the winner, you go, gee whiz, they are better than I thought, whichever team wins. So fascinating game.
3: I've gone Essendon purely just because of Marvel. Yep. Fair enough. I've gone reason. Adelaide. I just think I think Adelaide are a much better team than their ladder position. I
4: keep underestimating, and I'm underestimating Essendon a bit too much. I keep just not thinking they're as good as they are, but they keep surprising me, so they might do it again.
2: Love what Mm. both teams have done this season. And finally, Fremantle v. Carlton at Optus Stadium in the final game of round 17, and there's a fair bit of pressure on the Dockers in this one, Joey.
4: There is. At home, they should get the job done. Is anyone buying any of the Carlton bit of hype that Mm. maybe
3: they're coming? I was talking to a Frio mate yesterday, and I said, Carlton, this is classic Carlton. They beat Hawthorne, who were third bottom. Mm then they touched us up, right? But that'll be enough for Carlton to go, all right, we're back, baby. Yeah, come on. We're going to win this week. I always think
2: Fremantle Carlton at Optus now. I always think about that Jack Nunes goal Goal. after the siren. Just feel like you just, you don't know what you're going to get tomorrow at Optus Stadium.
3: The Dead Set Legends. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Give me a spell.
2: I'll kick us off. Protesters at sport. Go away. God. At the cricket, at
3: Wimbledon, just go fight your fight somewhere else. Thanks. Good
0: <laughs> one. Oh, it makes
3: me, it yeah. makes me want to go in the other direction. Yeah. It makes me want to buy a Hummer yeah. and do donuts and burn a tyre in my backyard. It does. <laughs> yes,
4: good start. It yeah. just
3: infuriates me. It is and mess. has it objectively made any difference to anything, anywhere?
4: No. I suspect no. Just being annoying. Hey, um, Maya, give me a spell. Have you seen on social media during the rounds the last um, overnight this morning? So Victor Wembanyama, the number one draft pick, this big seven-foot giant. Yes. There's now vision of Britney Spears was at a restaurant and wanted to go up to him and get his autograph. She's tapped him on the shoulder to ask for his autograph. And while she's done so, the security guard of Victor Wembanyama has just backhanded her straight in (gasps) the chops. Just giving her a backhand straight in the face. So give me a spell to that security guard. She's gone to the police. I think she's... Plum, she's pressed charges. But it, look you can see the vision. It looks pretty bad. So Britney Spears yes. wanted the young Victor so. Wimanyama's autograph. Oh, he ignored her, actually. He just kept walking. And the security guard's given her a backhander. Oh. Give me a spell. Surely yeah. he knew who Britney Spears was. I don't think he looked to be fair.
3: It looks uh, like he just right. threw the arm okay. back and just chopped her. But, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there Give you me a spell. Uh, yeah, bad, bad. good one, Joey. Bad work from that security guard. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Joey Chestnut at the World Eating Championships this week. He won for the – you talk about dominance in sport. He won for the 16th year in a row, Kath. He's 62 hot dogs in 10 minutes. 62? in 10. we talk about Rafa's dominance at the French oh. Open. Yeah. <laughs> 16 oh years in a row he's, was his 19th win altogether in this competition. Wow. And he is – and he's he's quite trim. Six, sorry, say so yeah. again.
2: 62 <laughs> hot dogs in 10 minutes.
3: In 10 minutes. How yeah. many
2: calories is that?
3: I don't know how many calories. <laughs> I
2: would love to know that. But
3: he said in an interview that he felt a, bit, a little bit rough the next day. The second place getter had 49 and an Aussie, James Webb, came in third with 47 uh, hot dogs in uh, 10 minutes. And that's hot dog rolls as well included. That's the roll as well, mm-hmm. yeah. Ooh, wow. mm-hmm. oh, if you haven't seen it, Google it. It's extraordinary watching them
2: imagine, <laughs> inhale it's whole hot
3: dogs and buns.
2: Imagine the training involved
3: for that. Um, it would be interesting to know yeah. exactly what they do to get themselves into shape. But anyway... Because you he's,
2: can't just have zero hot dogs for a year and then just smash 62 in 10 minutes.
3: Oh, no, you've got to be smashing hot dogs. But he's also Joey Chess, I think he holds the Wings record. And, so, <laughs> and
2: you're saying he's trim. Yeah, and he's not lips. he's
3: quite trim. The the women at this event, go? the women all looked like professional athletes. Have you never seen Joey Chestnut? Game? No. Really?
2: No. Oh, yeah. Have to Very famous.
3: Famous. Dicked, uh, get on to Joey Chestnut. Hey, time for this. Your Dead Set Legend. Triple M's Dead Set Legend of the Week. Four and 20. We've been there for it all. Australia's original fan food.
4: Mate, you are a legend. Talking of really likeable players, my uh, dead set legend of the week is going to go to Zach Toohey this week, who breaks the all-time games record for an Irishman on Sunday, tomorrow when he breaks Jim Stein's record, 265 games from a young man who moved out from Ireland had never seen the game before, and here he is, still dominating Premiership player.
3: So well done, Zach Toohey.
2: That's an awesome one. I'm covering that game tomorrow. It'll be good scenes at HBA Stadium. Did
3: he sneak up there? Because yeah. if you'd asked, if you'd said to me, how many games is that? I might have said, oh, has he played 200? Mm. 265. Yeah, he's
2: yeah. yeah, so so 250th I... in the grand final, yeah. won a premiership. Yeah. retail Hey, great uh, work, you two and Jay-Z. We'll be back next week. with Speed Triple M's Dead Set Legends, the Saturday Rub, up next.
0: That's it for this week's edition of Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Brought to you by Sportsbet. Follow your multi the easy way with Sportsbet's AFL same-game multi-tracker.
1: Conditions apply. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.
0: These legends will be back next week. It's <laughs> like a Del Santo Montana one So <laughs> back in the day. <laughs>